the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm just so humbled, so honored to be with you today. Every week, coming in here, I'm I'm praying, Lord, what do you want me to talk about today? What is the message that you want? And today we're going to be talking about metamorphosis. You know, the butterfly is an amazing creature. It's an amazing creature. And Nicola's logo is the butterfly. And why did I choose that? I chose that because I think, number one, the butterfly is an amazing creature. Uh, There's just so much to be said about um, the butterfly and how far they fly and, and what they have to do when they go through three different generations in order to accomplish their goal. And they don't, the mommy or the daddy doesn't teach the baby where to go and where to fly and what to do, but they seem to some inherently, they know what to do. And it's pretty amazing. If you want to learn more about that, I'm sure you could Google it and find more. And you just study the monarch butterfly. If you go to the Sue Freeze site, Sue Freeze, spelt like fries when we're dot com, I have a whole segment on the monarch butterfly fly in Pismo Beach. And uh, I learned right along with doing the TV show and the radio show, I, I really learned a lot about the butterfly. When I was thinking about the butterfly and all this time growing up and just really being enamored by the butterfly, what I realized is that it is metamorphosis. You know, you see a caterpillar and the caterpillar eats and eats and you know, builds this cocoon and then goes in the cocoon and hibernates for a while and changes form and then comes out this beautiful butterfly. And aren't we all butterflies in some way? Aren't we all being transformed uh, just in life lessons day to day? And sometimes we don't realize what's happening. So when I was thinking about a logo that would be representative of uh, E. coli and of me, the butterfly just became so right. And there are people out there that get upset because we have the monarch butterfly on our trucks because they think we're killing monarch butterflies. But I guarantee you we're not. If anything, we're protecting them. So just understand that. And if you want to plant milkweed in your garden, I think it's a really great idea because those butterflies, that's what they uh, like to eat is the milkweed. So uh, it's a wonderful thing. So on church this Sunday, the pastor was talking about repentance And repentance doesn't mean I'm really sorry, you know, it won't happen again, and then it happens again. It's not that. Repentance is, what it means is, is to change direction. You change direction, that means you completely go a different direction. So it could be a minor adjustment or it could be a major adjustment. But true repentance is when you stop doing what you are repenting uh, for. You have to stop doing that, whatever that is. 
So it could be foul language. It could be that you're repenting of your tongue and you decide that you're not going to speak like that anymore and you're going to guard your tongue and not speak and use those types of words. It could be drinking. It could be um, anger. And, and let me just tell you, the anger thing is a really big indicator that there's some unfinished business. So if you know somebody or if that's you, if you have anger, if you have something that's, that's um, boiling or bubbling and all of a sudden something happens and there's this reaction and it's anger, I learned a long time ago that anger a lot of the times represents hurt and sometimes people don't know how to um, express hurt or they feel like it's uh, not a strong thing to express hurt. But we all have feelings. We all bleed the same. And we all hurt once in a while. And it's okay for us to hurt. And it's really, really healing for us to be able to express our hurt. And I know many people in my lifetime that uh, don't express hurt. They go right from, instead of saying ouch, they go to anger. And if that's you, all I want to say to you is, you know, identify it, acknowledge it, repent of it, and ask the Lord to change. Change your heart. Change whatever is causing you to be angry. And maybe your belief system needs transformation. I don't know, but God does. So lay it at uh, the Lord's feet and ask him. He says, ask and you shall receive. So ask him. Ask him to see what he can do because he can do main, major things, uh, miracle things. And just pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on in your heart, in your mind. Pay attention to how you respond, how you react to people. And I think you'll find that there's something that you can repent about just by paying attention to how you are treating others and even how people are treating you. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Are people happier when you're coming in the room or when you're leaving the room? That's a really good indicator that there's some work that needs to be done, isn't it? So I'm going to put my glasses on and move into this program of metamorphosis. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for joining in on the Sue Free Show today. And thank you, San Diegans. Thank you, Venturians. Thank you, anyone and everyone that's joining in, no matter where you are in this world with the Internet. Um, I have friends all over and listeners all over. And if you want to connect with me, I welcome you to do so. And how you would do that is by go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Go there and just let me know. Let me know what's going on in your life. Let me know if you need prayer. Let me know if you need a resource. I don't have the answers, not all the answers. I really don't, but I do have resources. So I might be able to help you. And if I can, you know I will. So metamorphosis, sanctification is a part of the Christian life. The term metamorphosis, by definition, means a complete change of physical form or substance, like the caterpillar to the butterfly. In the animal world, it is the marked and rapid transformation of a larva into an adult creature. It is miraculous to us that a worm-like creature crawling slowly across the ground could suddenly grow wings and fly gracefully in the summer sun. But God, in his infinite wisdom and power, designed that to happen over and over again in his created world. As older adults, we only wish that God had designed a cocoon into which we could crawl and instantaneously restore some youthful energy and beauty. Unfortunately, that is not God's plan for us physically. But he has designed a metamorphosis of another kind for us. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things 
are become new. Spiritual metamorphosis is God's greatest desire and delight. He sent his son into this world to die on a cross so that our old sinful nature could be changed into a new nature. All of us by nature are sinners and condemned to die, but God, through his son, has provided a free gift of salvation whereby we might suddenly be made righteous in his sight. Romans 5.17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. This change cannot be manufactured or manipulated in our own power or through our own means. The caterpillar may desire to fly, but until it goes through the God-designed and God-created process of metamorphosis, it has no power to take to the skies. It is a miraculous change that cannot take place apart from the Creator. Likewise, we may desire to go to heaven when we die, but our only hope of doing so is by submitting to God's designed way of salvation. The Bible makes it very clear that spiritual metamorphosis only takes place one way. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John fourteen six. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. That's Acts four twelve. in case you need the address. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Isaiah forty three eleven. I'm going to keep reading, but I, I just want you, you to understand that the reason that I'm bringing this up is I'm going to tell you a story of my life and how I was going through life and I was thinking that um, I could fix it, I could make it better, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And during this time, I felt like I was drowning. I felt like um, I kept having this vision of being in a dirt hole and I kept crawling, trying to crawl out of this hole. But every time I tried to make progress, somehow more dirt would fall on top of me. And it just seemed like I got deeper and deeper into this hole. And even though I kept saying that I believed and I had faith that I was going to get out of this hole and I was going to, you know, somehow everything was going to work out, I found that I was trying to control things in my own nature. I was trying to hold on to everything. And it wasn't until I reached the bottom of this dirt hole and there was no way but up that I reached up and looked up and asked the Lord to take over. And it was when I finally got to that point, and it took a long time. I was a hard study, I guess. But it took a long time for me to reach the point of saying, you know what, I, I, can't, I can't fix this. I, can't, I don't have control over this, and I can't fix this. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're in a place where, you know, you just don't know what to do, and you want the answers and you want someone to just tell you what you can do to fix this. And maybe you're not supposed to fix this. Maybe that's not what you want to hear. But I realized, and it took a long time, I'm telling you, that I couldn't fix it. But the beautiful thing was my creator could, if he wanted to, he could fix it. And what I felt I needed to do was work on me. I needed to look at the person in the mirror and I needed to ask the Lord to reveal to me what it is I needed to do to be more like him and to put my faith and my trust in him so that he could do the change. He could make the metamorphosis happen in me because sometimes we can be blind 
you know, the forest for the trees. They say, you know, you can be so close to something that you just don't see what the issues are. And maybe that's you. And Psalm 139 is one of my favorite verses of all time, and it says, search me and know me, O God. And if there's any evil way, you know, get rid of it. Pluck it out. Get it away from me. Reveal it to me so that I can, I can be aware of it. And I think that's what we need to do, and that's what the Lord's calling us to is repentance. So we have to identify what the situation is, what, what our problems are if we can, or ask the Lord to reveal them to us, and then we have to repent. And that's not easy. You know, it's just a word, right? But it, it takes action. And the action is what's not easy to do because maybe we're comfortable in our sin. Maybe we're comfortable where we are and what we're doing. But if you ask yourself the question, are you getting the results you really want? Are you feeling the way you feel you should feel? When you look in the mirror, are you seeing the godly creation that God created? Or is there something holding you back? Is there something blocking you from all of his favor, from his protection? For me, I've had to ask this question just recently. I've had to ask this question, and it's really a deep question, and it's a vulnerable state to be in. So I'm just um, challenging you and um, hopefully encouraging you to take a summary, a survey of yourself to see if there's something that you could be doing that could be done better and more God-like, Christ-like. So with that, God desires that all men experience this instantaneous change that takes place at salvation. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, Second Peter 3.9. When God looks down upon humanity today, he yearns. He yearns to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto the power of God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And if you want to look that one up, that's Acts twenty six eighteen. That's a really good scripture. But while God's first goal for us is that immediate and instantaneous change that occurs at salvation, he also desires additional changes that occur through what the Bible calls sanctification. These changes can take place rapidly or gradually, depending on our willingness to obey God's word. Old habits and patterns of life that developed before salvation must now be replaced by new patterns fashioned by our conformity to God's image. This is why God has given us the local church and the servants who minister to us the word of God. So they're they're saying you need to surround yourself with other like-minded people. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, Ephesians 4, 11, 13. This is getting really heavy, isn't it? It's kind of a heavy message today. When I was in church and he was talking, I just, I just really had this strong feeling. And it said that in order to have this transformation happen, you need to have a safe place to be real and to be honest. That's where transformation can happen. So be looking for that safe place 
to be real and honest, because not all places are equal in that regard. You know, it's hard sometimes when, like right now, I have um, death around me. I have people that are dying. And then I have my daughter who's giving birth. She's going to be giving birth. Um, We just had the reveal last Friday that my daughter and Mark, my son in love, um, are going to have a baby girl. And I'm very excited about being a grandmother for the first time. And I've waited patiently, very patiently. And I'm just very excited about this whole new thing. And, and, you know, Tiana, she's the baby's growing. She's getting a little bit of a belly. And it's just a very exciting time. And it's kind of like, you know, uh, here she is. She's a tiny little girl. And all of a sudden, there's this baby growing inside of her. And I went to the ultrasound and saw her heartbeat. And there's this new human being being created inside her stomach. And, you know, the thought of this baby um, appearing and then you know, growing up and seeing my daughter now as a mother, it's just a whole, that's kind of a metamorphosis in a way. It's like a whole new life. It's a whole new uh, beginning. And it's, it's wonderful. And, and uh, so real starts, you know, we need to repent. uh, And we get transformed. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to grow in our world, grow in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And the only way we can get closer is if we really do the work. If we truly look at ourselves and say, um, I have some things that I need to really focus on that I need to um, change. And change means change. doesn't mean just thinking about it. doesn't mean saying I'm sorry. It means your actions. Everything has to change. Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is not just something to talk about. It is, it is real. It is something that is real. And I can tell you that uh, when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that, for sure, is life-changing. So I'm going to con- continue on uh, with this article here because um, it's just, I, I don't know. For me, I'm feeling that there's people right now listening and they're going, well, how do you begin? What do you do? How do, how do you start this process? And it's really very simple. It's very simple. You ask the Lord to reveal to you what it is you need to look at, or you look at your attitude. You need to change your attitude you know, you need to have an attitude of gratitude. That really helps. But there might be something deep, deep, deep inside of you that really needs transformation. And that comes from identifying what the situation is, if you can. And if not, ask somebody that's close to you. Ask those that are closest to you to be real with you. And you will find that, you know, it might be kind of scary for them to be honest with you because they're concerned about how you're going to feel about them or whatnot. But it can draw you near because that intimacy into me see is very, very important. And the Lord is very intimate. He wants that intimacy with you. And, you know, you can't hide anything from him. He knows all. You know, there's, you know, who you are when no one's looking is who you really are. He always can see you no matter where you are. You can't hide from him. 
So God wants to change us daily so that we are equipped to do his will and have the spiritual vigor to accomplish his work. But remember, change means change. If I told you that I was going to change my clothes, I wouldn't go to my closet and simply put on another suit over the one I'm wearing now. That would be adding and not changing clothes, nor would I simply remove the suit I'm wearing now and emerge wearing nothing at all. That would be ridiculous and simply indicate that I had taken off but had not replaced anything. Salvation is a change involving repenting of our sin, putting off, and and placing our faith completely in Jesus Christ, putting on. Nothing occurs until we do both. Sanctification involves the same process. We must daily allow God to strip us of those things unbecoming to our Christian life and replace those old rags with robes of righteousness. Ephesians 4, 24 says that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And he renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created, in righteousness and true holiness. So step up to the lab table. Take a look in the jar. See yourself as God sees you. Without him, we're just a helpless worm groveling along on our path of sin. But God looks beyond who we are and has metamorphosis in mind. Crawl into his arms and you will emerge a new creature in Christ. What is real repentance. What is it? We've already talked about it a little bit, but what is it really? Repentance is a difficult concept to understand. What does repentance look like? How do we know if someone is truly repentant? Is being sorrowful all that needs to be shown in repentance? This is what the Apostle Paul is going to describe for these Corinthians. Christians, because of sinful circumstance that had occurred in the Corinthian church. The details of this repentance are described in 2 Corinthians 7, 2 through 16. Paul introduces this paragraph by reminding them that his heart is open to these Corinthians. The Corinthians have been restrained in their affections because their hearts have been captured by the world and they are participating in idolatry. Paul reminds them that they had not taken advantage of anyone or exploited anyone. Their hearts are tied to the Corinthians in every way. I don't know right I don't know why right in this moment, but pornography is coming up in my mind and I don't know why, but somebody that's listening right now has a problem with pornography. I can tell you firsthand that pornography affected my uh situation at home for a while. And, you know, a lot of people say, what's the big deal? We're just looking, we're not touching. What's the big deal? But I can tell you it is a big deal. And it kind of steals uh, intimacy in a marriage situation. It will steal uh, a lot of what could be if eyes were focused on the Lord and focused on each other. So if you are a person that struggles with pornography, Don't just minimize it. See what you can do to stop it. Get rid of it. Throw it away. And, you know, it says that if an eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. And that's not literal, but it could be literal. But we need to um, guard our hearts and guard our eyes and guard our minds 
from uh, any attack that's coming. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show. And I just want to tell you that if you want to know more and you want to see more and be more, just go to the Sue Free site. Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. And we will be back with more of the Sue Free Show. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at Ecola. I understand why Ecola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma, my mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants. I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose. I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother, Andy Cola, cares for our customers like my mom cared for me. As a special tribute to all the wonderful moms, now through the end of May, we are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. Ecola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. A little rain, a little sun, and a house made of wood. Your house. A termite's paradise. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the owner of Ecola Termite Services. And Sue, Ecola is California's leading termite and pest control company. This time of year, termites are looking for a home, and chances are they've already moved in to your home. Give them a little rain, a little sun, and they'll start swarming and nesting, raising kids, thousands of hungry kids. Ugh! E. Cola will get rid of those unwelcome house guests quickly by using effective and family-friendly methods like microwave, electric gun, and the E. Cola heat process that kills termites without the move-out hassle or embarrassment of tenning. I love that. Call us at 1-877-332-BUGS, 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $100 off. E. Cola. Powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Ask about Ecola's lifetime renewable warranty. 1-877-332-BUGS. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. It's a privilege and an honor. And, uh... We are needing help. If you are looking for a career, E. coli, termite, and pest control services has seven offices to serve you. And uh, we go from San Diego all the way up to San Luis Obispo. And we need uh, career-minded people to join our team. So if you're looking for a new career, we would love to talk with you. All you need to do is go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, when we're dot com. And connect with me there, and we can talk further. Also, if you'd like to be a sponsor to the show, I'd like to talk to you for a second. If you're a business and you want to reach more listeners and you want to get more business, uh, I'd like to help you do that. So you could sponsor the Sue Free Show. All you need to do is connect with me, and we will talk about it. I've been doing this a long time. I really have a lot of School of Hard Knocks information for you, and I'd like to pay, you know pay it forward. And so if you're only in San Diego or you're only in Ventura, that would be fine. We can we can play your commercial uh, in the area in which you serve. You don't want to exceed your area of expertise because then all you're doing is getting people upset. And we don't want to do that. So, so just contact me and we'll talk about that. So we're talking about repentance today. We're talking about life change. We're talking about uh, changing. And changing means change direction. Repentance um, 
I'll just read this. It says, true repentance. In verse 10, Paul states that there is a difference in grief. Godly grief leads a person to repentance, which leads to salvation without regret. Worldly grief, however, leads to death. Notice that sorrow is contained in both responses. This is important to understand and emphasize. Just because a person shows sorrow does not mean the person has repented. Just because a person says sorry does not mean that they have repented. Too often we have come to water down the concept of repentance into meaning that the person shows sorrow. Perhaps the person is crying. Perhaps the person is in anguish. Perhaps the person is apologetic. There are a lot of ways to show sorrow and grief, but just because you are sorry does not mean you are repented. In fact, sorrow is not repentance. Having a proper sorrow is what will lead a person to true repentance is what Paul says in verse 10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Your conviction of sin will cause you to radically change your life. Zeal and longing will be obvious. How many of you want more zeal in your life? I do. Changes will be visible. Doing everything needed to get right with God will be at the forefront of their and your lives. Do not treat your sins as simply saying sorry to God. Repentance strives to do right going forward and desires to right what has been done wrong. Repentance looks to make radical life changes so those sins are not committed again. This is the godly grief that produces repentance leading to salvation. May we truly have repentant hearts and bear fruit worthy of repentance. Bear fruit. How many of you want to bear fruit? You have to prune, don't you? You have to prune what is not bearing fruit. You have to prune off what's not, you know, doing what God wants you to do so that you can do all that God created you to do. And then you will bear fruit. Eight steps for real repentance from Psalm 51. Are you ready for the eight steps? Often we treat repentance as a statement. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. That checks a box and hopefully alleviates our guilt. But if we look closely at Psalm 51, we see that repentance is a turning away from sin and a turning toward God, a process that doesn't merely alleviate guilt, but cultivates deep joy. Joy. That's a deep joy from deep into you. That's that's amazing. It's different than happy. We can create happiness by buying a car or buying an ice cream cone. But deep joy is from within. So how do we grow in a joy-giving habit of repentance? Here are eight steps. One, define the sin. The first step to meaningful confession is understanding what sin is. David uses three different words for it in Psalm 51. Iniquity, sin, and transgressions. Each term has been deliberately chosen for its unique meaning. Transgression is rebellion against God's authority and law. Iniquity is a distortion of what should be. And sin is missing the mark. David also says his sin is deep. There is no minimizing or excusing it. Number two, appeal to God's mercy. The psalm begins, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Here David appeals for forgiveness based on what he knows about God's character. That he is merciful. David knows God is committed to him in a relationship of unfailing love. And when we come before God in repentance, we do so because his covenant with us through Christ. Number three, 
avoid defensiveness, and see God rightly. How many times have you been in a situation where you're trying to bring something up to somebody because you really want to seek understanding? More than you want to be understood, you want to seek understanding, but the person on the other side is defensive. And it's very difficult to get past that defensiveness to get to the intimate place of healing, understanding. How many times does that happen? And what can we do about it? David's sin hurt multiple people. He committed adultery, orchestrated a murder, and tried to cover it all up. And yet he says to God, against you, you only have I sinned. How can that be? Sin is missing the mark, God's mark. Our sin does hurt others, and we must seek forgiveness from them. But all sin is ultimately against God. Do you want to sin against God? I don't think anybody really does want to, but we are, and we do. Number four. Look to Jesus. David writes, cleanse me with hyssop and I shall be clean. He knows hyssop signifies purification with blood. That's Exodus 24. And he knows that blood alone can make him clean. What he doesn't know is exactly how this will be done. But we do. We have the full revelation of Jesus who has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. He sacrificed himself. He sacrificed his only son to die in our place, to wash away our sins. Do you know when I really grasped that, I was in a place where I felt very unworthy. I didn't feel worthy to receive anyone's love, let alone God's. And it wasn't until he revealed this, and it really, really hit home to me, and it pierced my heart to understand that he valued me, me, Sufri's, enough To send his only son to die in my place? That's value. And that same value is placed on you. He died for you. And if you were the only one on this earth, he died for you. Now, some of you might be crying right now because that's exactly what happened when I really took hold of that understanding of his love and his sacrifice. Being a parent, that's a huge sacrifice. But when I really grabbed hold of that, and when you really grab hold of that, it's going to be life-changing for you. And if you're crying right now, just understand that's emotions and their Holy Spirit tears. And the Holy Spirit wants to heal of all your pain, of all your suffering, of all those hurts that have happened up until this time in your life. He wants to bring healing to you. And that can happen right here, right now. All you have to do is ask. He's a gentleman. He's not going to snatch you. He gives you freedom of choice, and you have the, the right and the freedom to choose right now to receive him. He valued you enough to send his only son in your place. That's worthy. That's value. So whatever you've done, he really doesn't care. What he cares about is you now, and he wants your heart. He wants your soul. He wants all every part of you, and he wants to have a personal relationship with you. Ask him into your heart. Ask him into your life. Number five. Oh, wow. Ask God to break and heal you. Wow. David prays, let the bones you have crushed rejoice. When God reveals our sin to us, it's painful. It is painful. It's never pleasant to confront just how unholy we are. But like a doctor resetting a fractured bone, it is God who breaks, God who sets, and God who heals. 
this hits home so much to me right now because some of you know that I had an accident eight years ago and, and totally shattered my right leg. I'm a professional competitive dancer. And they didn't know if I was going to be able to walk. That was eight years ago. And now I have to go back to that same surgeon, and he has to take all the hardware out of my leg. I've had a metal plate and 10 pins in my leg. I've been dancing, and every time I step on the dance floor, I shed a tear of gratefulness of the miracle that the Lord uh, placed on me to be able to experience dance just one more time. And now I'm waiting for a call today from my surgeon to say what day I'm going to go in and uh, go under the knife one more time and and, uh, take all the hardware out and... Now I'm going to have 10 holes in my bones, and my leg is used to having that plate there. And so it's going to take about six months for the bone to uh, fill in those holes. Our bodies are so amazing, aren't they? And, um, you know, everything's going to be fine. I'm going to be good as new or better, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But it's just interesting, this number five, God who breaks, God who sets, and God who heals. It just hit me <laughs> so strong right then. So number six, be confronted by the Spirit. Next, David prays, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. But the fact that David is grieved over his sin is a sign that the Spirit is at work in him. Have you ever been so discouraged by your sin that you've wondered, how could God love me? Surely I'm not really a Christian. Take comfort in knowing that the grief you're experiencing is a sign that you have the Holy Spirit working in you, causing you to hate what God hates. This is so good and so healing. If you hear it, you receive it, and it causes change. It's one thing to hear something, but if you don't take action, it it, it really is not going to be the seed. It's not going to go on fertile ground. You need to take action on what you're hearing right now. You're listening to The Sue Free Show, and I'm so thankful to be with you right now. I love it when the Holy Spirit shows up and kind of takes over. And um, I think there's a healing work going on right now in, in some of you. And I think that's amazing. And I'm so thankful to just be a part of it. And we have to do our work. And we have to ask the Lord to reveal to us. And so I'm hoping that you're going to take note and you're going to take action and do what you need to do in order to get the healing you need so that you can be all that God created you to be. And that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Go to Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. There's a tile there that says the new I am's print that out. It's three pages of I am's and it tells you who God says you are. And we need to stop listening to the people. Sometimes people are not the kindest to us with their words. So we need to listen to what God says, who we are. He's a better indicator because he created us, right? So number seven, rejoice and proclaim truth. In verses 12 through 15, David asked God to make him so joyful about his salvation that he can't help but proclaim the gospel to others. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. This is important because so often we do the opposite. We wallow in our sin and draw back from serving others because we think we're unworthy. But the joy of forgiveness should compel us to share the good news with friends, family, coworkers, and neighbors. Again, the joy of forgiveness and feeling of unworthiness. Uh, the devil doesn't want us to receive all that God has for us. You know, that's what he's here for. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy all that God has created. And the more good work you do, the more attack you're going to have. That's good and bad, but it's real. So in knowing that, just understand that you are worthy because God 
sent his only son to die in your place. So don't receive the lie of the devil to say that you're unworthy. And, you know, we all fall short of the glory of God, don't we? We all fall short. And I just thank God for his grace and his mercy because he knows we all fall short of the glory of God. And number eight, resolve to obey. That's not so easy sometimes, is it? But sometimes when we're right, it's the easiest thing of all. And it makes decision-making a lot simpler when we, we really know right. There's no gray area. There's no debate in our minds of what we should do because it's very clear. What would Jesus do? We can do all the steps above, but if we're planning to sin in the same way again, then grace isn't truly taking root. What God desires is the mark of true repentance, a heart that is broken by sin and truly contrite. I don't know about you, but this was really good. It was really good. I think it was a little slow in the beginning, but I think that you, the eight steps in the end really helped uh, get the point across. Do you need to repent of something? I, I, you know, without even seeing you right now, I can tell you that, yes, there is something. There's always something that we can do better. There's always something where we can evaluate and we can go, hmm, yeah, I think I need to uh, make a little, uh, a little change here. And change is good. My second book was on change. Uh, and it's good. Change is good. It really is good. And sometimes people fear change. Some people just don't like change because it's uncomfortable. But how about that caterpillar? That's quite a change, isn't it? And he knows. He knows that he's going to be going into a cocoon because he's creating the cocoon. And he knows he's going to go to sleep for a little while and, and then wake up and be something else. And, you know, if I had a choice to be a caterpillar and then be a butterfly, I think that'd be a pretty good choice. I don't think I would hesitate on that one. So I'm going to uh, share with you Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence. And the amazing thing about this, if you're new to the show, the Sue Free Show, uh, I don't look at this in advance. I just look at the date that I'm on right now, and I read it. And it's so amazing because I pray, and I want the Lord to reveal to me what I'm supposed to talk about. And I do that, and then this book is already in print, right? It's not like the, the words don't change on the page to go along with the date of today. But it's amazing God's work. Because if we're focused on and we're looking for opportunities where you can see God shows up, He's all over the place, and it's amazing to me. So I'm going to read this, and you're going to see what I mean. And I I say that without even concern at all. When things seem to be going all wrong, stop and affirm your trust in me. Calmly bring these matters to me and leave them in my capable hands. Then simply do the next thing. Stay in touch with me through thankful, trusting prayers. Rest in my sovereign control. Rejoice in me. Exult in the God of your salvation. As you trust in me, I make your feet like the feet of a deer. I enable you to walk and make progress upon your high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. And here's some scriptures to go along. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. And here's the last one. Though the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines... Though the product of the olive fails and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk 
not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. Don't we all have trouble in our lives? And don't we all have suffering sometime or another? And don't we all have responsibility? And right now, when you're um, evaluating your life, you're, you know, you're taking a survey and you're looking at your life and you're saying, okay, Lord, search me and know me. Is there any evil way? Is there something that I need to lay at your feet? Is there something that I need to pay attention to and repent of? And Lord, reveal to me what that is. Reveal to me what it is you want me to do. Reveal to me where you want me to go. And let me be a light in the darkness this day forward. And does it mean you're not going to make mistakes? No, absolutely not. And that's okay. You don't have to beat yourself up. We tend to do that, don't we? But we don't need to do that. Each one of us has gifts that the Lord has placed in inertly in us. And we need to shine those gifts to help other people. Sometimes people have dreams that they've kind of just snuffed. They've kind of just pushed down, oh, and they've got this mental voice, this this um, internal tape recording going on where it's telling you, maybe it's you, um, what are you thinking? You, you know, you're never going to measure up. Or what are you thinking? You're not going to do that. You're such, you're a coward or, you know, whatever it is. And this voice is not from the Lord. This is not the Lord's voice. And then there's those that have done things in their past. And maybe this is you. This was me. And thank God for healing and forgiveness. But maybe you're feeling that why would God want me or why would, why I'm undeserving. I, I just, you know, no way would the Lord want me after what I have done. No way would the Lord want, would have a place for me. Over the years, 10 years of radio, I can tell you that uh, some of the things that have happened in my life, choices I've made, I, I could very easily say those things. I could say, why would God use me? And how could he use me with the things that I have done or things or places that I've been or whatnot? But God uses these things. God uses the things that we go through to help other people. God uses these things to where we can actually feel other people's sadness or loss deeper and more completely than somebody that hasn't. Like if you've never lost a parent, it's difficult for you, even though you can just imagine what it feels like to lose a parent but until you go to pick up a phone and you're and and you're you want to talk to your parent and then you realize the parent's not there and the parent isn't going to answer the other side until you experience that your level of really empathizing with somebody that has or is going through it is not going to be the same depth but then there's things that you've been through that maybe I haven't been through or somebody else hasn't been through and there's somebody out there that needs comfort or encouragement and you are the right person you are the person that can reach that person because you can understand deeper and more because you've been there you've done that and not always do we have to go there and do that 
in order to help other people. But sometimes it's the difference. It's like people don't like to walk alone. They don't like to feel like they're abnormal, whatever normal means. And, you know, it's like everybody wants to feel like, oh, wow, you've been through that too, and it feels better. Even when it's something as simple as I did Mommy and Me when my kids were young and um, potty training and when another mother would say something about something that they were experiencing, I'd go, oh, my gosh, you too? And it just felt better knowing that I was in a group or uh, in in a um, party of people that actually are going through similar things. And that's helpful sometimes to just know that there are other people that are struggling. There's other people that have gone through, possibly, not to the same degree or the same level as you maybe, but they're going through similar things as you. There's help in that and there's comfort in that, just knowing you're not alone. And you're not alone. You're not alone because God knows where you are right here, right now. He knows every thought. He holds every thought captive. He knows every hair on your head. When you're created in your mother's womb, he knows every hair on my daughter's baby girl while she's being formed in my baby's womb. And it's so amazing to know that whole miracle. It's just the whole sense of this miracle is amazing to me. So you are a baby no matter what age you are to the Lord. You just he wants to take care of you. He wants to love you. He wants you to shine your light, and he wants to shine his light on you. So let that happen. Repent, turn, change, and he will show you the way. He will show you the way. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. Bye for now. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.